and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dom, and I am alone yet again. I'm pretty sure eventually, in the life of this podcast, you're going to be hearing that quite a bit. Now, I'm going to try to actually perfect doing this podcast on my own, because I do, I do believe that sooner rather than later... It's going to be just me. So if it is going to be just me, how am I going to do it? How am I going to format it? How am I going to talk about it? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to put it like this. You know, my name is Dom. I like to drink craft brew. This is a wonderful little podcast that uh, was the brainchild of me and a good friend of mine, Rob Overmeyer, who is not here tonight. Also, Vin's not here. Um, as you've gathered, I guess that means, I mean, if you're playing along at home, I guess that means he won his baseball uh, something. Maybe not. I don't know. I hope he's winning because he told me he's playing right now. Well, I mean, you know, tonight. So, you know, I mean, I think he should have maybe had a couple beers and then went. But I think what I'm going to put it, how I'm going to put it is like, you know, if it's a solo podcast, it's just me. I would invite people to sit down and have a beer with me, have a drink with me. And if, you know, you're going to work or something or if you're at work right now. Just enjoy the conversation. I might actually, if I end up doing this thing alone, which is, I mean, okay, let's just say eventually it will be that. Me alone. I think what I would do is maybe tell people in the beginning when the beer review would be over with, like maybe. I would give like a short synopsis of the episode in the beginning so people get an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Because uh, it's it's different when it's just myself. You know, it's hard to... It's hard to... um engage in a conversation with nobody unless maybe I'm just good at conversating with myself does that make any sense I mean everyone has conversations with themselves right unless I'm actually admitting to everyone right now all of our millions of listeners all over the world that I'm just slowly going insane hopefully that's not the case but um I I I think what my end game with this show is to get to a high 300s in the episodes. I wanted to maybe set the goal to be 365 episodes so that if you listen to one episode every day of Three Beers In, you'd have a year of Three Beers In. I'm just called One Year Into Three Beers In. I think that's um, one of the personal goals I kind of set for this. And that's also going to mean 365 unique uh, craft beers, which is actually pretty fucking awesome, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I wanted to do 365 episodes, and I would hope that in the twilight of my life, or maybe like, um, yeah, maybe the twilight of my life, towards the end, maybe restart it again with maybe some old friends if they're still around, if I'm even around at that time, or hopefully maybe this will give me some sort of legacy, you know, hopefully, I, I would, I think, I think it would be pretty cool if I pull like a Van Gogh type situation. Where I, I I gather like this cult following of people who who listen to me and take my I don't even have advice for anybody but just take my words and like apply maybe like a religion a three beers a religion dedicated to beer would probably be a great achievement in my post posthumous what's the word posthumous when I'm dead. Is basically what I'm trying to get at. I want to, you know... I mean, I'm pretty sure, hopefully, one day, I'll be able to have, a, a like, a lovely family and and of my own, you know. And uh, that would be my legacy. The fact that I, I raised children successfully. 
you know? You know, it makes you wonder, like, people who have kids and, like, they become, like, I don't know, like, murderers, I guess, or, like, you know, ter- like, you know, it comes to mind, is what's like, not Jordan Peterson, isn't that the guy who does the the psychology? Whoever killed his wife, Lacey, Lacey Peterson was her name? I'm not going to Google anything because I'm going to reserve Googling for when there's people here to yell at me about it. So everything's going to come off the top of my head. I think his name was like Gary Peterson or he was, I don't know. But what he did was he killed his pregnant wife and like, this is all from my brain here, by the way, he killed his pregnant wife and like dumped her body somewhere and then like went to I have to stop saying like I hate that but that's another nor neither here nor there right now so he he kills his wife who's pregnant by the way I can't tell you how many weeks or months pregnant it's a terrible story just tragic story and then like he goes on the news as like this tragic figure crying about how his wife's missing and he's so worried because she's pregnant and he loves her so much. Honey, I miss you. You're out there. Please, you're okay. You know, you know all this bullshit, basically, because then they find out, the, the cops and the investigators find out that this son of a bitch fucking killed her and dumped her in a lake somewhere or something like that or a bay, whatever the difference between a lake and a bay are, you know. And, um, oh, I think I know what a bay is. I think a bay is outside of a harbor. Wow, I'm retarded. Anyway, we're going to get to the bottom of bays and harbors before, uh, before the end of this summer. But, uh, so he, he kills his, his wife. And I think it was because he was cheating on her and embezzled money, like, at the same time, which is a two-for-one type situation. And, you know, literally... See, he does this terrible thing. There's a trial. It's televised. This was back when trials was in the... Like, trial... um, This is when court TV wasn't about, like, Kim Kardashian's bleached asshole. It was about, like, actual cases. And I remember the last... The only... The last case I remember in court TV that anyone really watched was um, Trayvon Martin. Well, you had Trayvon Martin. You had... What's her face... That killed her daughter. Well, wait. Did she get off? Did she get off? Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony. Right? She got off somehow. That's another thing. You know, you get a bird's eye view into, like, how do these... How do, like, people get off on these terrible, terrible crimes where, like, you know... I guess maybe the... I mean, I guess that's why you have the court system is to give the people the... That innocent until proven guilty thing because everybody was like, oh, this bitch is guilty right off the bat. So you had the Peterson fella. I think he led the way. Actually, no, OJ, of course, led the way. But then you had the Peterson dude, Casey Anthony, Trayvon Martin with the George Zimmerman situation, tragedy. And then you had, whatchamacallit, um, Jody Arias, who was like, everyone remembers the picture of that fucking scared to death dude in the shower. And, like, she was like, yeah, he made me do anal all the time, and I fucking killed him. But then, like, I think she blamed, like, it was a robbery or something, and, like, gone wrong. That case was, like, you know, um, just put on television for everyone to see. All the litigation and stuff like that. And that stuff kind of stuff fascinates me a little bit. I like to see the ins and outs of court cases and stuff like that. Uh, because that's um, that's one of the 
I think one of the cool things we got in this country is the is the rule of law and everyone always talking about legislation and law and how it applies to your state and other states and all that stuff. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, y- y- you would hope like, okay, so you you have a child, right? You raise the child, you do right and wrong, share with others, play nice, all that stuff. Your kid goes off and goes to college and graduates with a bachelor's in something. Then they get a master's in something else. Then they get married and like it's wonderful. You're dancing at the wedding. You have another child now in your life because your child married a person. And they're in love, and then, like, all oh, these grandkids and coming and stuff, and then they kill them. And it's just like, what the fuck has happened? Or, like, they do something stupid, like, bad. I don't know, like, like uh, I don't know, like, Barry, okay, I'm pretty sure Barry Madoff's parents are dead. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive they're not, you know, thrilled that their son stole money from everybody, you know. You know, it was a pyramid scheme. And for those of you that don't know what a pyramid scheme is, you give money and they take it. That's all I got for that. I I, I mean, I could try to explain it, but it's just, it's like, you give me $30 and I'll give you $70 later. And then they, they like, hang on, it's not here yet. But then I ask another guy the same thing and like, I, I accumulate all this money and then I give a couple people the 70 and they're like, oh shit, it works. And then he's like, all right, give me a little bit more and so on and so forth. And it becomes this, oh, is it a Ponzi scheme? A Ponzi scheme was named after like uh, Giuseppe Ponzi. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure his name was Giuseppe Ponzi. And it's pretty interesting because I, I looked this up years ago, so this is just going off of whatever is in my mind that I got from Wikipedia back then. But this dude, Giuseppe um, De Rossi Panzi, which is totally made up, but I'm pretty sure he was an Italian dude in like the, I think the late 1800s, who came up with the scheme, which later became the, the ever uh, immortalized Ponzi scheme. Where he's like, you're giving me the money now, I give you more money later. And he's like, and they're like, I don't know, does this make a sense? And he's like, yes, it do. Because they're Italian. This happened in the old country. So yeah, you would be like, he'd be like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it went like something like this. He's like, are you giving me $30 today? I invested the money and I give you more money later. Well, how much money? I give you, you give me 30 I give you $100 later. <laughs> $100 later. $100 later. I'm like, okay. But then you tell like a million people and now you got thousands of dollars and you're like, you remember the, the $100 I told you? <laughs> remember the $100? It's becoming a little Arabic. But I mean, you remember the, uh, let me just go into Mario. You remember the $100? That's terrible. You remember the $100 that I promised you on your return? Yeah, sure, I remember. Boom, here it is. And they're like, oh my God. He goes, you know what? If you give me 300 I can make this nine. And they're like, no way. And he's like, oh, yes, way. And I can get it to you at the end of the week. And then you just take money from people and, like, string people along. And then you have a big mess of money. But, you know, multiply that by millions of dollars. And then that's how you end up having the New York Mets dragged into it. Anyway, I digress. We're not here to talk about Giuseppe Ponzi's schemes. We're here to talk about beer. And now we're going to be going on to the beer review. And I don't have a guy here to pause the broadcast for me or the the small cast. I don't know. 
No, no, there's plenty of people that listen to this. There's millions of people all over the world. Want to hear about the beer that we're drinking this week? I am going to reach into... That's going to be loud. Hold on. I have to adjust the volumes because I am a one-man show production here today. So, as I said in the description, because I wrote the description beforehand, just to try to get things done and over... I mean, you know, a little bit more timely here. Uh... Since Rob's not here, that means you hopheads are in, in, in town. They have a refrigerated section, and that's where they usually keep the really good stuff. Don't tell anyone I said that to you. And um, I went in there, and there's a beer there called um, Breaking Bud from Knee Deep Brewing Company, Fine Craft Beers. And on there, in the on the bottle, there's a hop that's dressed in a chemical suit from Breaking Bad. And it has like the chemical like sim- symbolism that was that, that they use in Breaking Bad. It's like all Breaking Bad type stuff. So I'm gonna crack this bad boy open here, and I'm gonna maybe just give you the description before I decide to pour it and um, tell you what I find here. So Breaking, um, where uh, knee deep? Where are they from? Uh, Auburn, Ka. I think that's California. Auburn, California. Um, Breaking Bud India Pale Ale. So it's just an you know an IPA. Old school meets new school in this fresh approach to a classic to the classic IPA. At 50 IBUs and 6.5 percent ABV, Breaking Bud features the restrained bitterness and alcohol of a classic IPA, with a newer tropical fruit hop flavors and aromas of mosaic. Also in the hop mix are Simcoe and CTZ, creating layers of mango, passion fruit, pine, and dank. A malt bill with a pinch of crystal malt and a hefty dose of flaked wheat keeps this beer crisp while adding uh, flavor complexity. So last week we had something similar in terms of the uh, that wheat um, with the uh, bolo or boloro, whatever it was called. And uh, whatchamacallit, Rob absolutely hated it. But uh, they go into the specif- uh, specifications, and they're using crystal malts. They're using the Simcoe, CTZ, and Mosaic hops. Simcoe, for me, because um, every time I had a Simcoe beer, it comes off uh, with a dankness to it that I, I actually enjoy. Uh, and they actually give you the, the specifications here to um, to, to know... Uh, wait, 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 hold on. Oh, no, never mind. I thought they were giving you the recipe. No, they're giving you... Um, the bittering units is 50, 6.5 so volume. It comes in 15-gallon kegs. All right, we don't care about that. So it's in a tall boy can here, and I'm going to pour this bad boy right now. I'm going to do it a little on the aggressive side and then maybe pull back. So from from can to glass right now, it's just coming out your regular straw color. Okay. I'm going to let the head develop here. I poured fairly aggressively. It's very, very humid down here, so it's going to... Ooh, wow. Immediately. Immediately I'm getting like a very reserved um, smell of hops. It's hitting your nose. It's hitting the nose pretty hard. I definitely smell the passion fruit. Now, last week we had a passion fruit beer, a passion fruit IPA um, that Rob hated that I didn't mind too much. It was a little bit juicy, a little juicier than, um, than what um, I'm used to. The head is uh, hanging around there pretty good. It's about a three fingers ahead. It's a very hazy but nice golden color. Let me get the nose on it again. Yeah, there's a dankness there. Very, very piney. Very, very floral. Like the hops is just, it's its there. Um, and it's quite, quite harsh. Hang on there, I dropped something. Give me a moment. Once again, one man show. One man show. Um... So, I mean, I never heard of this brewery before, but, I mean, they really captured my attention with the can. 
Um, I saw it for a couple. T- I saw it a couple times at Beverage Island, and I was kind of like passing it over because, you know, I share that kind of opinion with Rob, where I'm not like too big into the into the uh, flashy, flashy um, cans and stuff. But I mean, at this point, you know, you got to start giving things a chance. So the aroma has this like very citrusy, very piney, hoppy. Um, you know, a nice fruity uh, smell there, and I, I have a feeling that this is going to be a pretty well balanced beer in terms of the, the um, fruity uh, sense that I'm getting there, and and the flavor. So I'm going to give it a taste right now. Okay, pretty subdued. Um, the maltiness is is the most prevalent so far, and as I'm going through the motions here. The bitterness is actually kind of lacking. It's not coming through very, very strong here. Actually, it's quite subtle. It's a very, very subtle IPA. And then, then now there's the bitterness. Now there's the bitterness. It took a while for it to get there. Um, an overall pretty nice experience in terms of the ride that you're taking with this beer. Um, it, it is an award-winning IPA. Quite refreshing. A little... It's not as full-bodied as I would maybe want. Well, maybe not. At, okay, let me not, let me rephrase. I don't mind a light-bodied IPA. Excuse me. The mouthfeel is pretty good. It's medium carbonation. I would probably be. I probably wanted something a little hoppier since Rob is in here. You know, I would probably want like a fucking bomb. But let me see. Very subtle. Very subtle. Nothing too offensive up up front. The fruits are there. There's a um, there's a grapefruity flavor. There's a pa- the passion fruit flavor is there, but very very subtle. Um, has that floral hoppy flavor, but again, very 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 subdued. It's just it's as if they're giving you just a fairly fairly refreshing and nice IPA that's just not too oh like it just doesn't it doesn't fall too hard into one category than it does to the other um fairly fresh fairly floral um you know piney a little piney um it it has the the hop smell is not as pungent in the in the in the flavor it's bold but it's not over the top um it's resiny it's it's got it's got good good flavor to it um it's not too sticky. It's not too oily, like, you know, thick in the in the mouth feel. It's kind of just right down the middle. I think it's just, it's like a very, um, I think it's a worthy beer, in my opinion. I think it's right down, right down the middle of the pike there. And I would give this a solid seven and a half on the IPA scale. You know, it's just, it's not over the top and it's not, it's not too subdued. I mean, even though I did say the word subdued a lot, but, um, the flavors are there that you would enjoy in an IPA, but they're not gonna. You're not gonna kill yourself drinking two or three of these, especially in the tall boy cans. We're gonna see how it goes as um, the journey of this beer goes along, as it gets a little warmer because it is very, very hot down here. There's some nice lacing on the can, on the uh, on the glass too, but overall pretty good. I don't know if we've had from knee deep before, but I'm definitely. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to maybe on lunch breaks uh, from now until whenever. I'm going to try to get a, a brewery count of how many different breweries we've had and maybe um, 
breweries that we've had beers from before and maybe try to get their ratings too. Maybe just do a review of the show. I think it'd be pretty cool if I'm alone on the show and, you know, I'll have guests come on and stuff like that. Um, to have like a count or have like a, a log of my own to say, Hey, I've had an IPA from knee deep before. I remember this part of it. I remember that part of it, stuff like that. Just to get a, just to be a little bit more aware of what I'm doing. Cause like, you know, we, we've had, this is episode one Oh nine. That means with the exception of one where we repeated by accident, we've had 109 craft beers. So it's, uh, forgive me if I may forget a couple, but you know, I digress. It's actually getting a little bit more bitter up front now that I'm drinking it. Oh, it's like a, mm, it's like a, oh, the changing of the taste here. It's, I like it. I think I needed to change my palate because I was drinking Warsteiner before. Those are my warm up beers. Interesting. It has a very, very fruity and floral beginning to it, and it's it's quite pleasant. Nothing about this beer is too overpowering and too jarring. Rob, I think missed out here because it's not, it's not, uh, it's not one of these hop bombs that just you know knocks your socks off. Which, like I said, I wish I had. Anyway, here I am. Right, I get out of work today and ready to just start my day. Rob told me like an hour before I got off of work that he wasn't going to be here today. So I'm like, oh shit! Now I got to figure out everything that I'm going to do. And I work by the Fed, the Federal Reserve, for those of you that don't use the the nickname. And it's kind of by like, oh, something's clicking here and it's driving me nuts. Sorry. I'm trying to do that. Maybe that'll help. So yeah, I work uh, off of Maiden Lane over there in Manhattan in the financial district. And I'm walking and I'm on the phone with my fiance Ari, and I'm talking to her, how's her day going and stuff like that. And I notice a commotion happening across the street in a very nondescript area of just Manhattan. I mean, no one's going to see these people, but there's a, a protest pops up and I hear rambling and I, I see signs. I can't really read them from where I'm standing, but you definitely hear a collective group of people chanting something. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, Ari, a fucking protest just broke out. I got to go see what's going on. So I cross the street, which mind you is not, part of my routine like you know like i have a very set routine of how i get home like i walk on this street i i cross here once i cross there i walk straight there and then i turn to take the right slight left there you go like i don't i don't try to deviate from that because when i do i feel uncomfortable not that i feel uncomfortable and i get lost easy ish i don't get lost easy what am i fucking saying i just i just know my way for christ's sakes anyway so I, I see this this protest, and of course I'm going to go over there. What do you think? I'm not going to go see what's going on. You know, I'm, of course I'm going to go see what's, what, what the situation is. And I, I cross the street, and as I'm crossing the street and getting, I'm, I'm very close. I could see the whites of their eyes, and I'm ready to read the signs. And they got a bongo, too. This lady is just like, Bay, boy, dead. Bay, boy, dead. You're just bongoing hard. And I'm like, this is a fucking great protest. And I see, like, literature being handed out. I'm like, I'm going to fucking read it. I want to see what these people are pissed about. And the second I start crossing the street, they're like, and stop. And they all kind of, like, huddle together in, like, a half huddle. And some lady is in the middle showing them, like, a tablet or something. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to the protests? I mean, we were just... It was just about to go fucking down. And I'm like, now I'm 
in the huddle practically because I walked that close. It was on the sidewalk, right in front of like an, an abandoned like I mean it literally said Felice in the in the window where Dwayne Reed used to be. They didn't decide to protest over in front of the Fed, which would have been great for whatever their protest was. If you could if you could pull off a protest in front of the Fed and not get shot because everyone has an M4 in front of there now, but nonetheless, I guess maybe like they wanted to protest near the Fed, but not in front of it. I don't know. But regardless, the chant lasted for 40 seconds. It lasted as long as it took me to fucking get there, practically. And they stopped. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, why the fuck have you stopped your protest? Right when I wanted to... I would have, of course, joined in with the chant and fist-pumped, and they would have loved it, and they would have chanted harder at me and yelled, woo, at me, and I would be like, woo, like back, you know, regardless of what they're protesting, I don't care, I mean, I mean, I, I wanted to, I was interested to see what they're protest- protesting about, but if I could be a part of your, your little get-together real quick, I mean, that's cool, right, I'm not hurting anybody, you know, they fucking stop, and I'm like, why, what's going on, it's almost as if, like, you know, if you've ever been on the bumper cars and you're just slamming into shit and you're, you're hitting your friend over there and you're fucking just head-on collisions and stuff and you're having a fucking great time and all of a sudden everything just stops and that's when you know everything's over and you just got to leave. That was the feeling that I got. I was ready to protest and they stopped. And now, like, they had their they their arms under their sides so their signs aren't up anymore. It was literally as if they wanted to just get a clip of it to put on a website like, that's what it came off as. And then I was a little, I was really fucking mad because I was like, oh, I see. You guys aren't fucking protesting. You're making a video to make it seem like you're fucking protesting. And then I, I see one of the signs and it said Amtrust. It said Amtrust on it. I'm like, and I said out loud, Amtrust. And they're like, yeah, don't trust Amtrust. Don't trust Amtrust. Don't trust Amtrust. And I'm like, yeah, don't trust Amtrust. They're like, that's right. Don't trust Amtrust. And I had a fucking half-ass protest going on, okay? I had myself a half-ass protest while I'm going through there. I'm, I'm going to interrupt my phone call. I interrupt my fucking commute where I I don't cross the street there ever. You know what I had to do after this fake bullshit fucking protest? I had to cross back. That is the equivalent of a protest walk of shame where you go to protest. Whether you're fucking... I don't care. if What the fuck is Amtrust? I googled it. I googled it and I was like, okay, it's a, it's like a financial firm or whatever. So I'm like, apparently they must have destroyed children somewhere or done something bad. I fucking go to the news articles, right? And it just says, yeah, they they gave out some dividends to their shareholders. And then no other articles for like 2 years. The fuck are you mad at Amtrust for? I trust Amtrust. I don't trust your protest. I did the protest walk of shame to go back on my merry way of my commute. I almost wasted my time by stopping to look at what the sign said. Okay? And listen, if there's anyone out there that's been wronged by Amtrust or even knows what Amtrust is, for fuck's sakes, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. But guess what? Fuck those people and their protest because they they gypped me. Whatever wrongs Amtrust has done isn't anything compared to the the emptiness I felt when I crossed over to to see these sons of bitches 
stop their protest and then look at a fucking Instagram post or something. You know? You know what? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to look that shit up. Maybe it is on Instagram. Maybe, like, don't trust Amtrust is on Instagram. And, like, don't, let me just put Amtrust in. If I put Am, okay, so they have tags. They have tags. I swear to God, if I see this fucking, if I see this protest, I'm going to fucking go nuts. Like, I'm going to lose it. No, I don't see it. I don't see a protest. These are, this makes even no, wait, recent, recent, hold on. No, no protest. Wait, no, no protest. No protest. Actually, weird shit, actually. If you look at the, what, what the fuck are you? They're from England? Oh, they're an insurance company. They're an insurance company. And they're from, oh, fucking Cleveland, Ohio. I'm on to say, you know what? I feel like I'm fucking unearthing a conspiracy theory right now. I think there's some big money that's, or some like dark money. That's the word I want to use. There is some dark money being pumped into a counter Amtrust lobby. And I bore witness to one of their concocted, I sound like Alex Jones. Imagine I get this podcast taken off of Apple iTunes because I am a Amtrust, anti-Amtrust conspiracy theorist. That would be the day. That would actually be the crowning fucking achievement of this podcast. Uh, but let me not disrespect Flagship. That was pretty good. And the parade. And the cannon. And the engagement. Okay. It'd be up there. It would be in the top two to three if I get deplatformed because of Amtrust or or, and, uh, or pro-Amtrust uh, speech. I don't know. I don't know, but these guys out of Cleveland, they're from Ohio. How bad, how greedy are are corporations in Ohio? Well, Cleveland's a major city, right? But, like, I mean, you're, what are you doing? You know, it's clearly a sham what they had going on. The woman had a full-on, like, torso-sized bongo and was and was just smacking away. On that skin, and I was like, "This is going to be." I, you don't, you guys don't understand. It harkened me back to the Zuccotti Park days with the Occupy. That thing was a fucking a hornet's nest of stinky homeless, just bodily fluids flowing out of that beautiful park, man. Okay, and it, but it meant something. There was a, there was a feeling there, you know. And I got the glimpse of that with these. Fucking liars, you know? Pissing me off. I'm getting like a hint of blueberry now. That's nice. Very, very pleasant. Anyway. What do I have? What was I what was I even I mean I got totally blown away by this 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 Amtrust thing. I, today I thought to myself, imagine if I was illiterate, right? Now, I know that comes to as a surprise to everybody, but it, I was thinking about this. Like, I, re- I was having, like, one of those, like, throwback moments. Okay, so I'm 30 years old, right? I'm powering through my life. And um, I had a moment recently where I was thinking to myself, wow, fucking shit, I'm 30. I'm going to be getting married in December, which is fairly soon. You know, am I am I just, like... Uh, going through life that fast or am I just not taking time to really slow things down and try to appreciate uh, day in and day out that's something that came to my mind today 
on top of, uh, imagine if I was fucking illiterate. So you could tell that my brain kind of goes all over the place. But um, I, I remember all the way back to like the beginning, the first grade ended, and I got into the second grade by the grace of God. I, get, I mean, can you imagine getting left back in first grade? I mean, it wouldn't be that bad, right? I mean, I don't think you have a concept of, of that type of failure then. I wonder when you become aware of failure. Anyway, I'm pretty sure all this stuff's been studied. Let me not try to pseudoscience or bro science my way into this. But I remember when I was going into second grade, like the first day of school, I remember I went to Catholic school and I remember like the moms were bringing everybody in to, to go to school. You know, you meet your teacher and everything and stuff like that. And I remember one little girl said, Mommy, let me not try to, what am I doing? She was like, Mommy, am I going to learn how to read this year? And the mom was like, yeah, yeah, you definitely are. And, and like, to, I mean, looking back, I didn't even know what the fuck that chick was talking about. I was like, I learned to read. You know, when the fuck am I going to have snack time, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, and then I was thinking to myself, if I had a kid, right, and let's just say I didn't want to send them to school, would I be able to teach my child how to fucking read? Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to sit down and read War and Peace in a week, right? I'm not I'm not the the most well-read individual. I don't have the a, a, a huge vocabulary, you know. I I stick to the big words that I fucking know, you know, like rhetoric and malfeasance is really good. Like, throw that fucking word into the fucking mix, and people are going to look at you like, holy fucking shit, this guy is fucking smart. Anyway, so I was like, I'm sitting on the, the, I mean, I got a lot of thoughts going through my mind when I'm on the bus and everything, going in and out of work, and I'm like, how the fuck, what what would I even begin? You know, just trying to get the kids to recognize the letters of the alphabet, and then be like, A, ah, and I'll be like, and oh wait that's not ah that's eh i'm like i'm not a fucking teacher i can't do this i can't teach my kid how to fucking read and then it makes you think to yourself what makes you think for 1995 plus shipping and handling you could buy a piece of fucking uh tape right from on tv called my baby can fucking read and then they have videos of these Fucking toddlers, let me not curse at the kids, these little tykes just being like, the wagon. And like, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, there's no teacher there, it's just the parent. So maybe it's a, they teach you how to teach the kids, or maybe the because how do you, I mean, like, how do I know how to read, you know? God, I'm just blowing my own mind right now. Hopefully you guys can maybe relate to this. But even, like, I was thinking after that, I was like, damn, I'm fucking 30 years old already. Like, I mean, I remember high school, but it seems like a distant memory. Like, it, it's it's almost, like, fuzzy at this point. And then I'm just like, is this what it's like to get older? So, like, when you get older, you, you think to yourself, like, I keep saying like again. I hate that. You think to yourself... Do you always live in that in the now moment and and look back and as far as you can and if it's fuzzy it's fuzzy and if it's if it's recent that's what your your life is because I mean if I look back to who I was 10 years ago it's a, it's a different person I don't know it blows my mind how how 
things are, are coming along. And the people that I interact with, the people that I know, the people that I used to know, the people that I don't really talk to anymore, that I loved, you know, and, and you wonder, like, maybe where they are and what they're doing and, you know, and if they're okay. And then you think of people that you lost. I mean, I knew people that passed away in high school. And then I think about all the life that I've lived in between when they've died and here I am today and, like, all that they've missed. And then it just seems like it's so much that they've missed, but yet it's such a short period of time. This type of stuff blows my mind, man. It really and truly does. And I guess maybe this is meant for people a little bit more intellectual to ponder. Because I'll just ponder it and be like, wow, that's cool. And then I guess smarter folks will ponder it and be like, well, that's actually this that's happening in your brain. Or some sort of psychological, I don't know, thought process. But anyway... Here I am blabbing about brains. I'm going to take a little bit of a break, a little reprieve, and then we'll, uh, we'll maybe wrap up the show. So um, stay tuned, everybody. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm trying to my best here. I'm trying to do the volume right and make sure that you could hear me and not too much of the song. Um... I want to thank you guys for listening. Sorry that it's just me. Uh, maybe you like when it's just me. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Maybe it's fun for you. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I just like to maybe have a little bit of a conversation with the folks that listen, the fans, the people who listen week in and week out. And um, I'm really just happy that uh, I could be here and do this show. I mean, I get to del- just try new and delicious craft beers. Maybe not so delicious, some of them. And... Um, it's really fun, and uh, I hope that I can continue to do this for as long as I live, you know. Uh, sorry for getting deep before about brain stuff. Um, thank you for listening, like I said. Um, go to Beverage Island, by the way. Let me tell you. I mean, it's 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 just such a vast place of delicious beer. Right now, I went to their refrigerated section, their other refrigerated section, and they have nothing. They have a full fridge of the new that Budweiser American Reserve. For four ninety nine plus tax for a six pack, I mean, and it's pretty. Da- I, I like. I mean, for four ninety nine plus tax is a pretty damn good deal, and a pretty damn good beer for that price. Okay, if you're going to be drinking yourself a Budweiser anyway, why not just go in the extra mile, get yourself a little bit of an amber adjunct, and enjoy a little bit of extra flavor, especially now in the dog dog days of summer. So uh, thanks for listening. Always, you can contact us at threebeersinagmail.com. We have a Twitter that's defunct again, but hopefully that uh, we can uh, we can get it going again because I want to uh, I want to actually try to engage with people on there. And um, again, you could always ask us questions. You could always tell us what you feel and uh, let us know how we're doing, how we can improve, how we could you know how good we are, which we're not, and uh, just let us know. You know, we're that's why we're here, and we're here for you, and we're here for the booze. We're going to like to drink with you guys, so uh, let us know. That was a little alkaline trio. I hope they sue me. I just want to get sued. Not really I want to get sued, but I was. I would like to meet them somehow. That'd be nice. Yeah, a little alkaline trio for you guys. Um... So how am I going to wrap this show up? How am I going to wrap this up? Especially talking about 
how I feel my mortality out of nowhere. Uh, what do I have? What's been happening, man? Oh, God. Yeah, I was talking about how it's fucking it's the dog days of summer. I don't know the science behind this. But whenever I think... Uh, well, first of all, let me start with this, okay? I know that there's a whole class of people that love summer. And let's be honest who they are. People that work for the Department of Education. Okay? They get the summers off. So, of course, to them, you know... De facto, they're going to love summer. I'm going to have another one of these. I only bought two. You could do that in Beverage Island. You could just get a couple of a single type of beer, and uh, they'll just charge you for that, which is great because it was only just it was just me. And like I said, I'm trying to cut back on my beer intake. So I said, instead of getting the four-pack of these bad boys, I'm going to just get two. Knocks down the price, and it knocks down the amount of shit my liver has to process. So... Oh, yeah. So there's a select group of people on the earth uh, that enjoy summer de facto, and it's it's New York City uh, school teachers. And school teachers abroad, I would say. School teachers abroad have it made when it comes to this. Now, I have nothing against school teachers. I think they're great. They taught me how to fucking read. Remember that conversation? So school teachers are great. But I refuse. I absolutely refuse. The notion that anyone actually fucking enjoys the summer. Especially if you have to go to work in this. Especially if you have to go to work in Manhattan in this. Have you ever have you ever gone to work in the hazy, humid, hot morning, especially when it's garbage day? Or the day after fucking garbage day? Where for a straight block you smell horse shit in your mouth. It gets in your mouth. You want to protest Amtrust? I protest the summer. I, okay, granted, you get to have margaritas. And I love margaritas, okay? I do. I prefer them in the summer. But there's no way you could convince me that you actually enjoy the summer. Why would you want to enjoy a time in, 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 in place where you could be doing absolutely nothing and you're absolutely drenched in, in sweat. I came down here to do my little podcast and for the two years we've been doing this show, it's grueling in the summer and we're in a fucking basement which is beneath the ground where the sunlight cannot reach you. So it's a little bit cooler than, you know, the outside. But once you hit August, now I'm pretty sure there's science out there that says that August is probably the hottest month for us in New York in the summer. But once you hit August, you hit a specific temperature of death, a specific temperature of absolute agony that makes you, at least for me, that makes me swear that the summer was not a gift from God, but a curse sent upon us for our sins. It's the work of Satan. I'm, I'm on another conspiracy here. It's giving you a little taste. Of what you're up against if you keep up your evil ways. But no, I don't know. I I, I go to work, right? I get, you know, I'm dressed in my, you know, nine to five biz cash. And I'm fucking disgustingly drenched. And I'm like, someone's going to say, I really enjoy this. I don't care if you're naked on a beach. Yes, there's a wonderful breeze that comes off of the water. But you're not going to sit there and be like, this is really worth it. Fuck you. 
Let me not say fuck you. That's a little inflammatory, okay? There might be some people that really enjoy the summer in terms of, like, the barbecuing and the pool and the actual, you know, going to the beach and stuff and the fireworks that come with it. Yeah, that's all well and good. It's all wonderful. And it's all before August. Okay, all that stuff happens before the dog days of summer, as I like to call them. And thanks to the climate change and global warming that they say is real, that they say is fake, I don't care. All I know is that now... This fucking heat lasts into early October, and it shits shit up for me. I used to love the fall. That is my that is my season, the fall, and I I do like the winter. But you sound a little bit like you're off the reservation if you love the winter. So I'm just gonna stick to the fall. But I mean, ask any sane individual that's that's not a school teacher. Like I said, God bless the school teachers that taught me how to read. But when the people who say I love the fall, those are the those are the people you want to keep in your life. Those are the people that you want to talk to and ask advice about things. Like those are people that are that are like they have value. Okay, like I don't trust people that say they don't like pizza and they love the summer. I just don't. I don't do it unless there's like a reason you like the summer. Why do you like the summer? And they'll be like, "What? Well, I love the heat." If you say I love the heat, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throat check you. I'm gonna chop you in the throat. And and just explain to you how disrespectful you are to me and my soul. You don't like the heat. You don't love the heat. Why would you love the heat? Why would you want to be miserable like that? I remember I spoke to a guy. This guy that I know. His name is Fabio. Very close to my family. And, and uh, he's from fucking Brazil. And he goes, I hate the heat. I really hate the heat. It's the worst thing I've ever felt. The heat is the worst thing I have ever felt. I hate humidity and I hate the heat. And I said, how the fuck did you survive in Brazil? He goes, oh shit, I don't know. Like he just, he, he hates it. And the man's born in the heat. When the fuck is it cold in Brazil? Ever? Has it ever been cold in Brazil? I don't think so. But But I digress. About asking about the weather in Brazil, but still, nonetheless, no one, I swear to God, there's no one in their right mind that says, oh, this is, this is enjoyable. I will say this, though, I love air conditioning. Thank God whoever invented that thing. But, like, the reason, if you have to create, I understand, I understand, okay, so, let, let me, let me try to put this in perspective here. So, so I'll say that, like, you know the summer is bullshit because you have air conditioning, right? If you, if people, if if the whole world had like enjoyed summer, then there wouldn't be such a thing as air conditioning. Air conditioning is made for comfort and also so old people don't die. That's what air conditioning is for—for for comfort and to keep the old alive. You know, and every, you know, you'll have people in the summer troop that are nut jobs, and they'll say, "Well, what about the heat in the winter?" Uh, I'm sorry. The, the the heat only kills old folks. The cold can kill anybody. So you need you need fire. You need warmth. Okay? You do need warmth. Granted, winter can be more dangerous for that reason, but still you could say maybe the you know, the shoes on the other foot, the other side of the coin. Maybe the true nut jobs like the winter because it's more dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you this the fucking heat and fire in the winter is not made for comfort it's made for survival you could survive the the summer without air conditioning but it was invented for our comfort because it fucking sucks i'm onto two conspiracy theories here i'm all over the place today i i'm finding different avenues of wacky weird conspiracies and like 
I may be uh, starting, th- this might be the episode that catapults my cult years after my death. The heat-hating, beer-loving, Amtrust-approved three beers in. And that's the vision I have for this show. I hope you can still find us on Google and Apple after this, and we don't get deplatformed. And even if we do, the fight will rage on against the summer with a fresh beer in your glass. Thanks for listening. I hope it was enjoyable. I don't know what the fuck I just talked about for almost an hour. Anyway, I'll try to catch you. I'll, ch- I'll, I'll catch you next week. Hopefully, there'll be more people here to 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 balance out the crazy. And uh, stay positive. Have a great weekend, and I'll catch you next week. Oh, sorry, I did sticky keys. Yeah, it's still a thing. Yeah, Windows Seven. See you next week, everybody.